When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. What's up, everybody? Sebastian Maniscalco here with Dr. Scott Cohen. Welcome to another episode of Daddy vs. Doctor. You're not going to want to miss this. We have Leanne Morgan, comedian from Tent to See. Amazing, amazing woman. Plus a lot, lot more here on Daddy vs. Doctor. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for the mailbag. We're going to jump right into the bag. Bag time. Bag time. All right, we got Carmela and Bobby N. from Buffalo, New York. They say, we just had a newborn baby, and he seems to be breastfeeding nonstop. Is this normal? So Lana breastfed. Yes. What do you remember about breastfeeding? I remember... um, Lana being extremely patient with it, it was definitely a time for her to bond with the child. I know she really, and she kind of enjoyed it for a mother. And again, I can't speak from experience. It seemed like it was a way for the mother and the child to connect. Mm-hmm. I just do, I remember uh, the pump. I remember a lot of pumping. I remember a lot of bags in the freezer of milk. Um, Lana did it for about a year and a half, I want to say, right. which mm-hmm. I don't think is r- typical. I think a lot of women don't. Yeah, if you can make it to a year, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, she she really, I think the Crusoe maybe was a year and, and, and surfing is a year and a half. Um, I wasn't breastfed. Uh, look I, how you ended up. You know, it works. Does it? Yeah. Um, the theories. Yeah. Do you recommend it? Yeah, I think any pediatrician recommends it for a whole bunch of reasons from immune benefits um, to the bonding. You know, there's there's a million different benefits, but, you know, I'm a realist and I think parenting is hard enough. And I think that happy mommies and daddies make happy babies. So I tell my family that if you breastfeed for a day, a week, a month, and you have to supplement or you have to do more of one than the other, that's okay. The baby's going to be okay. But in breastfeeding babies, what this couple is experiencing is very common because we have to remember, if you remember in the hospital, it actually takes three to five days for breast milk to come in. So what you're producing in the beginning is colostrum. It's sort of like a high mineral shake. It's everything the baby needs. There's not a lot of volume. So all babies lose up to 10% of their weight in the first week of life. And then the milk comes in around day three to five. And the mother knows usually because they feel heavier, they have leaking from the bat, the breast, the baby starts gulping, the poops change from that dark, remember that dark black tarry meconium to like a green, then a yellow mustard seedy color. And then the weight starts coming up. And the goal is that the baby regains their birth weight by two weeks of age. So we usually have that visit to make sure they're regaining birth weight, mom's breastfeeding well. And during that time, there's really no schedules. The baby is all over the place with feeding because they're losing weight and then catching up weight. So sometimes it's one hour, two hours or three hour. And then breastfed babies I, fall into what I call a two to four routine. For the first two to four months of their life, they feed about every two to four hours around the clock. And when they take bottles, they take about two to four ounces. 
we're not robots. It's not hard and fast, but it's sort of ranges of that. And that's what babies follow for the first four months of life. Okay. Now, I am not going to recall this verbatim. However, I was, while Lana was breastfeeding, we came upon some literature that said that the baby, if it's deficient in something, Mm -hmm. whether it be iron, calcium, whatever it is, the, the, the breast milk gives the baby what it's deficient in. like it's yeah. it's the, the boob is almost talking to the baby right i mean as, as far so as you like- may be talking about two things it actually may be the opposite for something so breast milk is actually not a good source of vitamin d so all breastfed babies are placed on vitamin d supplementation okay Breast milk's also not a great source of iron. So starting at four months of age. Yeah, well, I just I just took the two things right. off the top of my head. And you flipped it. No, no, no. <laughs> like, like that's all I could think of at that time yeah. was vitamin D and iron. They just so happen to be two of the things that are not in breast milk. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and that's why at four months, we give the babies iron supplementation yeah, as okay. well. Okay, so what's in breast milk? <laughs> <laughs> Everything else they need. Everything is, else is they it, need. Is it true? But I wondered if you were talking about, were you thinking about like four milk and hind milk? Like the baby getting the the fattier milk, the more caloric milk. Was that something in your head? No, maybe, maybe it was if the baby is sick or whatever, it gets. Oh, yeah. The immune benefits. You're getting yeah. antibodies. So when a mother's sick, a mother gets a vaccine, the mom produces antibodies that get in the breast milk and help provide immunity. Yeah. That's why moms who get flu vaccines and whooping cough vaccines when they're pregnant, it actually been shown to decrease illness in the baby after they're born. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. See, that's my problem at this age. I hear something and then I regurgitate it years later and it's so off yeah. what I actually no, wanted no, to good. say. But let me, since we meant the four milk, high milk thing is very interesting. You've heard of this, like four milk is the more watery, less caloric milk, and the high milk's the fattier milk. And people thought that you have to feed a certain amount of time to get to that fattier milk, but that's not the case. So whether a baby feeds five minutes or 20 minutes, the breast milk goes up and down, four milk, high milk, four milk, high milk. So that's why there are babies who can feed three to five minutes on one breast and get everything they need. The length of time doesn't correlate with that. And your body, like you said, is the most amazing machine. And the amount you produce is based on how full your breasts are. So if your breasts are full of milk, you have a ton of volume, your body knows I don't need a lot of the fattier milk. It's going to have a higher percentage of the four milk. If I cut that milk supply in half, then your body says, oh, you don't have as much volume. I'm going to make more of the fattier milk. So the body, the woman's body is just amazing. Yeah, it really is amazing. And can you take that breast milk and give it to another kid, like meaning you bag could. it and, and give it to another kid and they're going to get what they need. Out I mean, of how it. much benefits you're getting later in life? I, I don't know. But, you know, some people do it with their toddlers when they're breastfeeding the other one. They give um, the toddler breast milk? They, if they have leftover breast milk. I don't know. So what? what's the personal no- choice? What's the knockout milk? Uh, you have milk as a kid. Yeah. And then nobody has milk anymore. Yeah. Do I- you need milk? I don't have a problem with it. I don't know. Cow's milk has gotten a bad rap in latter in latter years. We actually, whenever we tr- transition off breast milk, there's a lot of options. But one of the ones we offer is whole cow's milk, and it's good for fat, 
which is good for brain development, vitamin D, calcium. So I don't have a problem with it. If somebody doesn't want cow's milk and there are other things, maybe they're vegan, they want, you know, they make something called Ripple, which is a pea-based milk. There's other types of milk, whether it's almond, vanilla, hemp. The problem with a lot of these is they lack some nutrients. So if a child's transitioning to that, I need to know so I can say, well, you're not going to get folic acid really well in goat's milk. We need to make sure they're getting it in their diet. So we just need to know what we're replacing. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily talking about the transition to milk. I'm talking about kids general. 10, 12, Yeah, 15. no, I think you're right. Because I see that even after, even the kids who are drinking milk by two really aren't as interested anymore. I know. I have one daughter every morning, still a glass of milk. My 12-year-old, I don't know that she's had milk since we got rid of her bottle. Uh, have you had milk? I, you're right. I have not had a glass of milk in, in decades. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Uh, same? No, same thing. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just not my go-to liquid. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I just don't find. I don't know. Yeah, it just. Uh, it's not something I crave. Do you crave it? I, Aaron craved it. My wife craved it when she was pregnant, which is interesting. She craved it with the daughter that loves milk. Who knows what that means? And she craves citrus with the other one who loves orange juice. Mm. But um, I don't know. I don't crave it. What, yeah. do you, what do you drink? What I drink? Water. I, yeah, just it's water. Yeah. The only time I would have a glass of milk is with a cookie. But even then, I'm like. No one's drinking milk, no. you know? Nobody's having cookies late night with <laughs> <laughs> milk. Like cookies and milk went hand in hand. No, but good. Another good question from the mailbag. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. There we go. Oh, what's hey. happening? How you doing? Hey, good. It's a little later here in the East Coast, so... Yeah, it's uh, 7.20 over there, right? You did that math on your show? It's amazing. Three it's hours? Amazing. Nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. This yeah. is Dr. Cohen. How you doing? Uh, pediatrician. Yeah. My name is Sebastian Mascalco, comedian. We understand that there's a lock on the kid's door. You're wondering if you could should take it off. Is What kind of lock are we talking about? Mm. All right. So, you know the um, toddler ones where you have to squeeze and turn at the oh, same yeah. time? Uh-huh. So we put that on his his door and trying to like not let him go, come out and go down the stairs. And that has been unsuccessful, right? We've been trying to work with him. Red means go to bed. Green means open up, you know, all those things. So he just at night will go up to the door and he just bangs his head right against the door until, uh, you know, we try to let him go as long as we can. And then we'll pop in there We're like, nope, go to bed, go to bed. But in the morning when he wants out, that's how he gets our attention to let us know he wants to go out. So um, that's why we bought the light, right? And now when the light turns, like he'll bang, bang, bang. We try to keep putting him back in bed, back in bed. And then when the light turns green and he notices it, he'll go over and he'll knock and he'll say, open, open. But I'm like, I, I can't get through the head banging to get us to that point where we can just work with the green light. Okay, so uh, in your years of pediatrics, yes. have you ever heard of this, like, traffic system? Yeah. It's becoming <laughs> it's becoming more and more popular. The traffic light or, like, the sun-moon light. Sun-moon light, this, yes. Right? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Is it, how old is the kid? 13. <laughs> no. <laughs> how old? He just turned three. Okay, so he's three. Yeah. Are kids recognizing at three... Or are they able to associate green means go, 
Red means stop. Yeah. Uh, can they like? Yeah, you could teach them that, and that's actually a good developmental question. You start learning colors typically at three, okay. so they can not not only recognize colors, knowing red is red, green is green, but yeah, you can you can make a correlation as well. Obviously, he's in his own bed, so he can get out of the bed and come bang on the door. But since the red light, green light, you said now he's just saying, "Let me out." He's not banging anymore, right? Oh no, he'll he'll bang, bang, Got bang it. for you know. Sixteen amount of time, but I but he knows the light's red, so he knows it's not time to get up because he recognizes when it shifts to green. Right, so he's right? banging at the red time. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. The 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 head banging. Imagine when he's driving. Like he hits a stoplight. And what does he do? Bang his head on the yeah, steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen my son bang his head. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, like I mean, not not like for a long period of time but sometimes he would bang his head on a wall or whatever knock it off the wall and he's got a and he's got a cranium yeah, like yeah, my, that my kid i'd be yeah. worried about the wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so is there any harm here no so first of all super common you have to know that there's nothing wrong with him that he's doing that it is attention-seeking behavior. So he knows by banging his head, he gets your attention, right? And he is. You're going in there. You're laying him back down. You're doing everything he wants. I have never had somebody in 20 years truly hurt themselves banging their head. Yes, he could bruise himself. And guess what happens? If he hits himself one time where it really hurts, which, of course, we don't want him to do, guess what he'll never do again? He won't headbang. Oh, wait, wait. Doctor, I thought that would happen, and it bled one time, and he still does it. Oh, that, <laughs> wow, you're not problems. feeling pain. No, uh, um, no, 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 <laughs> no, but no, typically won't hurt himself to his like long-term detriment. So you could do one of two uh-huh. things. Either you could get rid of the lock and put a gate on the door, like one of those high baby gates, so that the door is open, but he can't remember. The reason you don't want him to come out is you don't want him roaming the house, walking down the stairs, coming into your bedroom. So it's a nice deterrent because he can look out, he can call for you, but he doesn't get you and he can't roam the house and he's not banging against the door. Or honestly, you ignore it a couple of times and don't give him the attention he wants. And I've seen kids who literally will put, get on the floor, hand, hand, and like start banging their head and stop and look around and do it again. And as soon as they're not getting attention, it really would stop. I, I don't love locks just because it's scary to me in case of like a natural disaster fire or something if I can't get it undone. So I usually do gates. But as long as that's not a deterrent to you, I think really the idea is ignoring, ignoring the behavior, which sounds horrible, but it works. Yeah. And can I ask you one more question? So I'm all like, you know, let him do what he needs to do, stop the tension. What we've also found is about oftentimes 30 minutes into nap time or bedtime, he then has a, a, a duty, right? So then I'm like, is he banging for a duty or is he banging because he wants my attention? Yeah. So I can't differentiate between that and I don't know how to control when he goes up. Yeah, so whenever we talk about behavioral modification and ignoring, which sounds horrible, we're not being mean. We want to fix a problem if there truly is one. So if you think he went in his diaper, you go check. Oh, you did. Fix it. He didn't get right out of there without making it a reinforcing event. Yeah. Here's something, though. What if we just lose the gates, lose the locks? Okay, now- Because a three-year-old's going to be walking down the stairs, out the front door, coming into your room. Wake up, daddy. Wake up, daddy. Wake up, daddy. You want that? Well, that's what's happening in my house. Okay. But you don't even know where your kid sleeps. 
Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, he comes out. He yeah. wanders around. Yeah. He plays. Yeah. He doesn't Not. necessarily bother us. Yeah. He just gets. No, you have to make sure that a house is safe to do that. Yeah. Well, well we put out some toys. Yeah. So in the morning, he plays with some toys, yeah, whatnot. Right. And then he comes in, yeah. he jumps. But in this is like two in the morning. You're not going to want that. You know, he's not doing that at two in the morning. Oh, I thought this was in like, uh, I, I thought he was getting up like like in the morning. Well, random times. Up. When the red light is happening, he's still getting up. Oh, okay. All right. Come on. Um, red light. Red light, green light. Um, you ever you ever play that game as a kid? No. We should do a segment on uh, kids' games. Never Anyways. You Never ever play red light, green light? Uh, all the time. Yeah, see? Yeah. Where on the East Coast are you? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Oh, just there. I I saw you, Sebastian. I know you didn't recognize me with all the hundreds of other people there. <laughs> you were the one with the bruise on your Our forehead. Certificate <laughs> <laughs> from Vegas and right. the green line in my pocket. Well, we appreciate you, uh, uh, you thanks calling. Thanks for coming in. on. Appreciate it, and uh, we wish you the best with your with your family. And uh, we'll see you next time we're in Charlotte. Cool. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. it. Bye-bye. So, um, this is airing around daylight savings time. I've noticed when daylight savings time occurs that there's a shift in the sleeping patterns of the kids. So, obviously, when we move the clocks back, right? So, it's 7 o'clock. supposed to be 7. Now it's 6 kid gets up earlier and it takes a little while to transition back into that seven o'clock mode the reason why we're bringing this up is this very well could be the last last daylight savings time which as a parent would be wonderful which would be fantastic i just want to keep the time the time i don't have to worry about twice a year fiddling around with the clocks although no one fiddles around with a clock anymore this used to be a big deal though Right? Well, we didn't have digital clocks and phones. Oh, uh, you had to go around the house. Oh. I still have to do it on my microwave, my toaster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a device. And then my alarm system, it's always, it's usually a month. I'm, I'm have the wrong time on there. But let's talk about time. So when you travel, because you do a lot of traveling back east uh, with the kids and stuff, what do you do? Because I get a lot of questions from families when we travel. What do we do with the kids' routine while they're there? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you typically do? Well, we differ on this as a family. Okay. Uh, Lana wants to keep the kids on the time that we left. So uh-huh. if we're on the East Coast and the kids go to bed at 7, we are now going to bed at 10. Got it. Okay? Yep. So and if you're in France, you're going to breakfast at 2.30 in the morning. Well, that's where, see, see that that's where this all screws up. I'm the, like, let's adjust to the time. Right. Because your body, and again- this is from me listening to other podcasts. Uh, Huberman. I think I heard this on the Huberman podcast, which is a very good podcast if you could retain the information. He was saying that your body's circadian rhythm adapts there's no, to where there's you... There's no M in that word. Circadian? No, circadian. 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 No, I'm just saying. Again. <laughs> That's okay. Eight years it's of schooling. Fine. Barely it's got fine. out in four and a half. Yeah. So. Yes. Also, what I have done traveling and what helps me is as soon as I get to the destination, I find a patch of grass. Uh-huh. I take off my shoes and socks. Are you being serious? Yeah. And I center myself into the earth, right? Uh-huh. Called earthing. 
Why? You, Why? You, 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 you really? You really do this? Grounding. <laughs> You're literally just making things up, man. See, I know stuff, but I don't. But I can't. Can't get it out. So gra you're grounding. Uh, ground you're an earthling that's grounding. <laughs> okay. So what what the theory is, yes. and again, I, I, I've become very, uh, I'm not credible. After I say something like that, whatever comes out of my mouth now, you're not going to believe I know, but nobody's but, listening to you for credibility. But, yeah. What it's supposed to do is like uh -huh. connect you mm -hmm. to where you are mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And somehow mm -hmm. that, 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 the earth run uh -huh. runs through your body yeah. it tells your body you're in nicaragua right and then you right? immediately are on that time zone <laughs> yeah, yeah really? that's the theory huh now um what is the pediatric advice when traveling yeah. with kids i think going to the east coast from the west is easier to stay on West Coast time, like your wife said, in only that circumstance, because typically you're traveling, you're on vacation, you're with family. So if the child stays up later and sleeps in later, it's sort of a win-win mm -hmm. for young, young infants. Yeah. I think going West, like going to Hawaii is a disaster because when we went there and we had like two toddlers, they're up at like three in the morning mm -hmm. because they don't know. I do agree with you typically within a week usually sooner they're adjusting to your the, the time zone they're in re-equilibrating so you sort of go with the flow and know they may be a little more tired during the day and fall asleep when you sightsee or stroll and then you're back on your back on the normal schedule where you are which i agree and then when you get back same thing it takes about a week you get back into your routine as much as possible and then they fall back in i just find because we go back east a lot and i find heading east it's easier to keep closer though even though even though we do that like the kids go to sleep later and sleep in later honestly within three to four days they end up on east coast time anyways yeah but you got older kids and i think yeah. the adjustment for older kids is a lot different than oh, say a five and a three-year-old yeah. that's why when when we plan a somewhat of a vacation it's it's like you know it's getting there and then now adjusting the time like jesus if we go to italy from la no, as you a can't family stay italy right? time, uh, la time yeah, but, but what I'm saying is it takes three or four days even to get – it's not a vacation because, no, like, the right. kids you're are tired, up. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 like they got to adjust. You're grounding. It's I'm grounding, and, uh, and you know, I got to have time to do that. I got to get the whole family out there in the sand. When do kids – when are they able to, like, tell time? And this is what I'm dealing with yeah. at my house. Seraphine goes, how long is it going to take to get home? And I'll say 30 minutes. And she'll say, how long is 30 minutes? Yeah, it's pretty abstract. And then I say, do you know how long it takes you to watch an episode of Bluey? That's great. That's exactly what I would say to do. That's very age appropriate because they can understand that. Yeah. And not exactly like that's 30 minutes, but they understand like, oh, around that time. Yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to if I'm going to go from here to here and it's going to be three hours, that's a long time in their world. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this is like how long you're at school Yeah. to lunch. Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm associating. Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Well, thank you. Finally, I got a compliment. You, Jesus you, Christ. Here's another example. It's 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. And my daughter will go, is it middle night? Is it close to middle night? She goes, Mid midnight, middle night. And I go, no, not yet. When is she going to be able to go, okay, 7 o'clock, I normally go to bed. If it's 8, I know that's going to be an hour later. When is this? 
Yeah. Happen. I mean, later in elementary school. Okay. Yeah. So not for a five-year-old because it's still a little abstract. That's why people are doing green light, red light, and sun, moon, and and things like that because it's hard. And they don't really know. You know, it's more, you know, imagery, right? It's dark now. It's closer time to bed. It's light now, waking up. And then actually telling time is much later. Okay. Yeah. Again, taking that little morsel of information and giving three examples from it is kind of the beauty of the show. We could take something completely unrelated to pediatrics. So you want to get rid of daylight savings? I would love it. There she is, the beautiful Leanne Morgan. How are we doing, Leanne? Look at how beautiful y'all both are. Oh, oh wow. You're so sweet. Again, just Again, keep talking. That's it. <laughs> that's it. This is our favorite, favorite <laughs> guest yet. So, Leanne, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, uh, I think you're hysterical and I love your timing and your cadence on stage. It's just a joy, joy to watch. And, and I'm excited to have you on the show today because very rarely do we get someone who is so talented and funny, but could shed some light on not only being a mother of three, but a grandmother of one. You're double dipping. Double dipping. Honey, and a grandbaby on the way. Oh, I've got another oh, baby wow. coming. So, I know. congratulations on uh, the, the, the grandbaby and the grandbaby on the way. And I wanted to ask you to kick this off. You raising three kids and now to see one of your kids raising a child, what are the major differences uh, in parenting from generation to generation? What are you seeing that she's doing maybe that you didn't do? Well, um, you know, the baby, my grandbaby, Charles Wilbur, first, let me tell y'all, that's his name. That's Angel from Heaven. And my and thank you for all the sweet words, Sebastian. My favorite bit of yours of all time is the raccoon. And <laughs> I don't you. have a lick of sense. Honey, unbelievable. Killed me. And uh, you're like our Elvis, really, Sebastian. And then, honey, I don't have a lick of sense over a doctor. And I tried to date him when I was in college, but I smoked cigarettes in the 80s and I smelled bad. And I never got to date somebody that was that achieved what you have, but wow. anyway. Okay. Either, either as my wife, so, but thank you. <laughs> and I hate that I even told you that I smoked in the 80s. Okay, my boy is the daddy of this baby, and so I've got a boy and two girls, and my boy got married right out of college and married his college sweetheart, and she is wonderful and a wonderful mother. And, the, when, and when I see them parent this baby... They are doing wonderfully, and I, I've got a degree in child and family studies, and so I, I loved the whole, uh, uh, everything, child development and all that, love all that. And so I feel like I did a pretty good job with mine, but I look back and think that how many mistakes I made, and I made a lot. And I, but I watched my boy parent, and he is so present. My husband had to make a living for all these kids and all of us. And he was, you know, my generation was out trying to hoof it and making a living. And my husband stayed gone. And it was really very traditional roles. I stayed home. I was doing comedy. I've done comedy for 22 years. And I got started when they were babies. But I wasn't out there working like Sebastian was. I was doing what I could to keep one toe in comedy and, and raise my children, put my children first. 
as the mama. So my husband was gone and and really was not able to be present like my son is. And my son, you know, has a full-time job, but he is so hands-on and helps. He and his wife are partners, real partners. And they, she just got her MBA. She works full-time. This baby's in daycare. And that, I tell y'all, you boys, that was hard on me for this baby to be in daycare. I'm from the school of, I thought you were, everybody was supposed to stay at home and and I look back on it, and I think, I didn't teach my kids anything. I mean, we watched Barney. We just sent <laughs> kissed in the mouth. I didn't teach them anything. Lord, I don't know how they're functioning, really. <laughs> but that baby is in daycare, and he's doing great. And that and my boy is just very hands-on, very team-oriented with his wife. They both do the same, you know, the same amount of work and all of that. And I know that's a long, grown-out detail, y'all, but... But my boy also, they're like limiting pacifier. They won't let him suck on a pacy very long because they don't ruin his teeth. And as a grandmother, I can tell that that it kills me for them to take that pacifier away from him. And I shouldn't feel that way. That's their baby. They don't want to ruin his teeth. But as a grandmama, I don't want him to suffer ever. And I can see myself letting him do whatever he wanted to in private. <laughs> oh, wait. I know. I mean, and not, things that I know are not good. But there is different than a grandmama, you know? Right, you, you love your kids, but you don't obsess over your grandkids, right? Yes, and the things that I worried about about my children now, oh, yeah, I don't, I think, they y'all don't need to be worried about that. And, and if I, and I know nobody's asked me for my advice, but I look back on it, and I think me, me and my husband made ours played all that travel sports and all that crap. We we bought into that. You got to be a Division One athlete, and their kids got to play on this baseball team and have eight uniforms and travel and all that mess. And now I tell them, you let that little baby play with a stick in the yard. Yeah. You know, and not get in all that mess. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of families are pressured, especially in sports and athletics today, to have their kid be the top athlete or the you know the the number one, whatever. yeah, next whatever. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about being a comedian and being a mother and juggling those two, and you said you always put your your family first, which I admire. Um, now that they're kind of grown, have you found a new kind of lease on doing stand-up now that they're kind of on their own, out of the house? I'm assuming the uh, your daughters are, are are they still at the house? They're, or? No, they're 25 and 26, about to turn 27. Yeah, Sebastian, I couldn't get arrested all those years. Nobody <laughs> cared. I did comedy. I would have a television deal for a sitcom. It wouldn't make it. You know all that. You know, I would think I was going to be the next Roseanne and then and that it would be over with. And I'd, you know, think, be depressed. I, I've raised them in Knoxville, Tennessee. But now that I'm, that this thing started blowing up for me in 2019, I was about to quit doing comedy. I think I had seen that clip about the raccoons <laughs> in the garden. And um, you blew me away. But I... um. I thought, I know I knew I was going to have a grandbaby. And me being from the country, from farming people in Tennessee, when we know we got a grandbaby coming, we start wearing house dresses and cooking pinto beans. <laughs> Honey, that's what we do. And I thought, I'm going to go 
I'm going to attend to this baby, and I'm, I've had a ball in comedy, but it's not going great. I'm going to bow out of this thing, and maybe I can pop popcorn in an NASCAR track or something. <laughs> and then I had some videos go viral, which is crazy. One, about, one especially about my husband taking him to go see Def Leppard and Journey and how sick everybody looked. <laughs> and that resonated with people. And this thing took off, and I started selling out all over the United States. And in it still, I pinch myself. I cannot believe it. And then I got a big old tour and went on this, you know, 100 City tour. And I'm about to start another one. And these kids are having a ball. I'm telling you, we're all having a ball. I shot a Netflix special. I thought I was going to be the only grandmother on Netflix, and I've got a Miss Pat had grandbabies, and she went to prison, so she's got two things on me. But anyway, all these these grown kids, everybody goes, "Oh, what did they think about when I growing up? They they knew I was on Nick at Night, and I would do a couple of things, but they just thought of me as mom. And now, like out here, I'm in LA this month, and my baby's with me, my 25 year old, and everybody is having a ball with this. And they just can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. But yeah, it's I could I feel like I've gotten the best of both worlds because I got to raise these children and then this has happened in my career. But Sebastian, and I know this sounds sexist and I don't mean for it to, but you've got a beautiful wife who is raising those children. You can get out and go on the road and do. Yeah, and y'all are a team. Yeah. And like Burt Kreischer, his wife has raised those kids. My husband's in the mobile home industry. It wasn't as glamorous as being a star like you but i took care of things at home he was able to go and do what he had to do you know and it made a good team well am, am i talking out of my butt no no, no it's, 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 i, it's, I, I, I love answers. it I, it's amazing i could listen to you talk all day long and i i think everything happens for a reason and the now that the fact that you're flourishing as a comedian you do have this wonderful tour that's uh called uh, Just Getting Started, uh, starting in February 23rd. And I believe you're in Los Angeles at the Brea in, uh, Improv uh, this week. Is that my, am I correct? Yeah, honey, okay. I'm working out new a new hour pulling stuff out of my butthole. Okay, hey, so well, they, that's where the best material comes just, from. You should talk to the couple with pinworms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, it must be amazing at this point of your life to be touring and doing as, as well as you are. And, and it shouldn't be no surprise because you are a breath of fresh air and it's something that I typically don't see in the comedy world. It's unique. It's it's refreshing. It, I, the, 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 my mother, uh, my mother, my, my wife is from Memphis, Tennessee. She went to University of Tennessee. So there's a definite twang in your voice that I, I hear around the house. Uh, a lot so darling, it, i did not know they oh, i went yeah. to the university of tennessee i'm a lot older than her but oh my gosh go falls and she's a memphis girl oh yeah oh yeah born and raised in memphis a spanish jew from memphis tennessee if you could believe that um, no i cannot <laughs> no i cannot so then you've got the elvis then you get how we feel about our elvis oh yes oh and, yes and you're kind of like Elvis. I'm, I'm the Italian Elvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are cute. Um, but I wanted to also ask you, and I think you could shed some light um, for our listeners, you being a parent of grown kids, uh, do you have any uh, advice that you could give today's parents in raising kids? And do, do, do you have a regret 
maybe um, uh, about your own parenting skills that you said, ah, I wish I would have taught my kids the piano or a- anything that comes to mind. Yeah, I do wish I'd taught that. I wish they could have gotten piano. <laughs> I do look back on that and think, why didn't one took banjo? My boy took the banjo and the mandolin. But the girls, we were working them like meals in volleyball, and they didn't get a musical instrument. Okay, and that is a regret. I do think that I did do, we did do things, some things right. And what we did do is we were not their friend. We disciplined them. I mean, we, you know, we had boundaries. We had rules. We had discipline. We told them no. And my children went to a private school in Knoxville and precious, wonderful school. But there were a lot of people that didn't say no and they didn't want their children to go through any kind of suffering and when i mean suffering i mean like if you didn't make cheerleading don't go up to the school and fire the cheer coach and so your child can still make it or you know make that way for your child let your child go through disappointment disappointment and suffering builds character i believe that and in this world's hard enough your children need to not have everything given to them they need to be able to go through trials so when they are on their own, they can handle it. Yeah. And I think all three of my children cope effectively. They've had disappointment. They weren't given everything. My husband believes in everybody driving old vehicles until the wheels fall off in the interstate. He believes in paying cash for everything. He <laughs> believed in everybody working a job in high school. You know, and that's hard in this day and age, especially if you do well and you, you know, you know, or affluent to not want to give your children everything. But I've seen my kids um, work for things and they value money. And I've seen some of their friends who weren't told that. And it, and it's hard. You know, my boy, there was a little girl in his sixth grade class that came in there with a Louis Vuitton purse. And I said, stay away from that heifer. <laughs> I said, because you, honey, how are you going to make her happy? You know, you need to find somebody from the hood. <laughs> Find somebody that's got some grit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I, that was, I know I'm long-winded, boys, but I, but, <laughs> but okay. I do think we did that right. I think that you you need to have discipline and, and be the parent and not the best friend when they're in high school and all that stuff. And then when, but you need to have fun with your children so they want to hang out with you when you're, they're grown. Because see, my kids... They want to be with us, and I think that is a sweet testament to, you know, we've enjoyed our children, and we parented them, but now they're grown, and we all love, like, we're going skiing in February, and they all want to go, and of course, you know, we pay for it, but also, they like to be with us, and they, you know, they want the grandbaby around us, and that is a blessing. Y'all are younger than me, but just wait until you get to be my age. I'm 57. You want to be with your kids, you know? You, you want them to go off and do whatever they're going to do, but it's so nice to get to be with them. Sebastian, like you're with your yummy little daddy that I could eat his lips off, <laughs> you know? I, I love everything that you have to say. If you ever write a book, I will buy the first copy. I mean, everything you're saying, it's things we talk about. It's, you know, work ethic. It's instilling, you hope you instill in your kids drive and grit and go outside and play with a stick and all those things that we forget about as parents nowadays that we sort of were when we were younger and we hope we're doing it right by our kids. And it's just that perspective is amazing to hear. 
Yeah, especially coming from someone like yourself who, who you know, I, I think you touch on a great, great point. Don't don't treat your kids like they're the, you're the best friend. Have some like you got to be the authority figure. You got to have structure. You have to have discipline. Discipline's not a bad word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And you know how you did it. You, your your husband was working like a mule. You were working like a mule at home, dipping your toe in the stand up. Now you're. Now the father figure, right, is so involved in the child rearing, especially early on. We never saw this. Uh, it's my dad. My dad, I think, uh, you know, I often joke, I think I met him when I was 18 because he was like, <laughs> he was out of the house work, yeah. working. And, you know, we're best friends now. I don't, I don't look back at those times and go, oh, uh, this guy wasn't there for me. But now... What do you think? Do you think it's a pressure for the father to be intimately involved in the kid's life from day one? Is is there a societal pressure or is it coming from the home that the father now is literally, like she says. Involved in everything. Yeah, e equal. It's like you change a diaper, I change a diaper. Shit, that was never the case growing up. <laughs> Right. So is this a is this a good change that we're seeing a lot of fathers be participatory in the kids upbringing? Or is this something where it's like too many cooks in the kitchen? What's your take? I think it's probably this new generation. I think young women demand it and want a partner in life you know when i just did whatever chuck morgan said i was like oh i need a chick i need to get my hair highlighted i'll do whatever he says but <laughs> this i think like my daughter-in-law she's you know they they equally i mean they probably make about the same i'd say i don't know they didn't tell me that but i think that they that my daughter-in-law mary um she wants that from Charlie. She wants him to be, you know, because she's towing the line just like he is. So I think it's, it really is truly, everybody has to work now. Mm -hmm. These young people, everybody's got to have a job and, and to make it. And so they're, they're teaming up to do that. But I also bet that Charlie, my son, saw Chuck going and traveling and, and he wants to be more involved. Mm. I think he thinks that there can be more of a balance. And yep. he knows he, he's going to be the breadwinner and make the living, but also he wants to take a big part in these children's lives because my son is a minimalist and, you know, he's an outdoorsman. He's a fly fishing guide in the Smoky Mountain. He does not, they really are not driven by money like my husband and I were. We, you know, wanted a bigger house, wanted, you know, our children to go to private school, all those things. My son and his wife are not driven by that. And they they want more, you know how young people are now. Everybody wants an experience. Mm. Everybody, you know, they, <laughs> my boy grows his own garden. And if I don't know if there's going to have to be um, a baloney in the, you know, I can't, I'm sorry, I don't mean going back, but that's one of my favorite bits of all time. But but my son grows a lot of their food and they just really like, they don't, they don't put a lot of pressure on themselves to have a bigger house and all that kind of stuff. He would rather be at home with that baby at night. And now a new baby, a new boy's coming and you know, he'll want to take them fishing. He's just got a different, 
he's driven, but he's not like my husband. My husband was driven. We got to get do better. We got to do the, you know, all that. And maybe it's because my boy was raised with a nicer home and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. He just, that's just not a priority for him. And I, maybe young people are like that. Maybe they don't, their ideal thing is different than what mine and my husband's were. I think I, that's the long way. No, answer. I think I'm you're sorry. right. I think, I think today's generation is happier, maybe doing more uh, with the family. You know, you hear a lot of these kids are like, you know, I'd like to take, you know, four months off and, uh, <laughs> You, I would too. You yeah, back, right? Backpack or stay in a hostel. They're not driven by uh, maybe what past generations were driven by as far as succeeding and buying a bigger house or living a lifestyle that they, they think they need. So I think it might, might be a generational shift in the thinking of today's young parents where they're happy with just being happy, yeah. you know, and uh, we were not happy. Or you know, I, I I know I know my dad was like God of War. You know, it was just like a, it, it, it was like the a religion. He's still working seventy six, and he's still cutting hair with half his shoulder. So, yeah, I think I think and expectations are different within yeah. the relationship, right? Like, would you get away doing nothing in your house? Me get away? No, our wives would be like. Go do this. Mm. Your mom probably wouldn't do that to your dad because the expectation back then was the husband's out working. The societal differences at that time were very different. Yeah, no, I, yeah, def definitely. It's a it's a two income household now, so all the work is split down the yeah. middle, and everybody's responsible for everything. Where maybe when you know you were coming up, uh, it was I'm gonna go out and you're gonna manage the house, and when I come home, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my husband is very Fred Flintstone in a lot of ways. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful in a lot of ways, but very kind of Fred Flintstone and very old school. And I was, I don't know, I just, even though I was trying to do comedy, and he was always very, he would take care of the kids when I would be, if I did get booked on the weekends or whatever, he would take care of them. But, but yeah, we had definite roles and. Um, and I was okay with that. I wanted to be a mama. I breastfed all of mine. I, you know, wanted them to sleep in the bed. I mean, I'm very kumbaya about all that kind of stuff. You know, child family studies. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, my boy and his wife like they want to camp. You know, we're near the Smoky Mountains, and I think for my next tour, I'm going to buy him a camper, Sebastian, for these boys. And I want them to get out and camp and like be together and do all that kind of stuff, like. You know, it's just different than what my husband and I wanted. We, you know, took big vacations and all that kind of stuff. They don't care about all that that we cared about. And then how are these young people going to do it? I mean, I I feel sorry for them because, you know, two, two people have to work now. It is a rat race. I also think, I was going to tell you all this, I think my son saw my husband work all the time and not really have much downtime and not have... And he's just said to me one day, I don't, I'm not going to chase a big house. I'm not going to chase cars. I'm not going to, I don't want it all that so that I cannot be with my family, that I have to, you know, work like a dog and not be with them. And I think he's got a good value system in that. Yeah. Well, it sounds you like, you, yeah, it sounds like you did an amazing job with your kids. And now uh, you're going to have a, a wonderful experience with your grandchildren. 
Um, I thank you so much for joining us today. I, I, I envision a very lucrative, abundant tour for you. I see you uh, not uh, staying where you are, but growing uh, leaps and bounds. Um, you're just getting started, like the name of your tour. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see you at all slowing down. And uh, we need more comedians like you out there because you are a brush of breath of fresh air and, and just a a wonderful human being and a and a funny funny lady at that. And uh, just want to thank Hi. you once again. Thank you, thank you so much for the perspective. It's it was awesome. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. Well, thank you. Y'all are both darling. And if I had been younger, I would have flirted with both of y'all. <laughs> I would have. Y'all are both so cute. And Sebastian, I want you to know in every meeting I'm in, everybody, everything is, if we could all be Sebastian. Well, Kelly, can you be Sebastian? Everything is Sebastian's up here. So anyway, well, I, I admire you so much, my darling. Thank you for saying all that. And thank you so much for having me. Y'all are thank both. You. Absolutely. Enjoy your, enjoy your Congratulations. day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. Listen, for those of you that just watched that, that's what you call a um, uh, a beautiful spirit. You could just It just comes right through the screen, right at you, and just a nice woman. And again, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Mylana, uh, Mylana is exactly yeah. that, that vibe of you can like- just, But she can yeah. just tell stories, and yeah. you just listen for days, and you come home with little pearls oh, that are beautiful. Even if you don't live your life the same way, you're like- Wow, uh -huh. such great perspective. And it is. So. And it's, it's nice that she has perspective on her son's life. Which is very different. Yeah, than hers. very different, but not not saying that, that the son should be like they nope. were chasing that house in that, that big car. Uh, very happy just fishing and, uh, and, and, and just being happy. Once again, guys, thank you for joining us on Daddy versus Doctor. Would love to hear your comments in the comments section. And we also like you to share our show with about five to ten of your friends, which was trying to, we're a new show. We're we're twenty three, twenty four episodes in. Uh, Doctor Scott Cohen is uh, is uh, uh, eagerly looking for this show to uh, hit <laughs> hit major major ratings, uh, and uh, so am I. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.